NATO's most senior military official has warned that Ukraine's Western allies are running out of ammunition to give to Kyiv to fight Russia. Admiral Rob Bauer told a security forum in Warsaw that, as he put it, the bottom of the barrel was visible. He's called on the arms industry to ramp up production considerably. Britain has also echoed similar concerns. Its Minister for the Armed Forces, James Hayapi, described stockpiles as a bit thin. He urged all NATO members at a minimum to meet a commitment to spend 2% of their GDP on defence. Ukraine currently depends on NATO for the majority of its current ammunition stockpile. The UK Defence Ministry says it's given more than 300,000 rounds of ammunition to Ukraine, while the US State Department says it's given more than 2 million since the war began. Earlier, my colleague Katrina Perry spoke to former US Secretary of Defence, Bob Gates. Mr Secretary, thank you very much for joining us. When you look at what some would call the chaos we're seeing in Congress today and over the past weekend, what impact does that have on the perception of U.S. leadership abroad? I think it has a very negative impact. Uh, it, it basically calls into question the uh, constancy of American commitments, uh, whether we are um, prepared to uh, be for, uh, in support of Ukraine for the long haul, but more broadly, um, can the government govern? Uh, can we do something as simple as get a budget? And, and clearly that's, that's being called into question. You've been writing in Foreign Affairs about how this sort of dysfunction renders the US incapable of delivering um, a strong and coherent response to threats. When we look at perhaps the situation in Ukraine, regarding Russia, we look at China as well, and then we see that the only way for Congress to be able to keep the government open is to remove that funding from Ukraine from a temporary bill. How is that received? Well, I think it does send a, a signal that, um, that it's going to be very difficult to get additional uh, assistance for Ukraine. And, and again, the, the whole question of whether the United States can be counted on to fulfill its commitments. The, the president says we'll be in support of Ukraine for as long as it takes, but that requires more appropriations by Congress. Now, I think that you will see an effort, a significant effort, to include money for Ukraine in whatever next appropriations or continuing resolution actions are taken by the Congress. Uh, but I've heard some Republican senators saying that there's probably only the support for one more large commitment of assistance to Ukraine, that they don't want to do this. Even those who are supportive of Ukraine don't want to go through this legislative battle every quarter. I think the likelihood of another big aid package uh, is very real, and, and I think the likelihood of its being passed is, is quite strong. Uh, but the question then is what happens uh, next year. I mean, critics of supporting this Ukraine funding would say, you know, they'd question why send $24 billion to Ukraine when so much needs to be fixed domestically. How do the Congress, the politicians, the president better sell that idea to Americans? Well, to use an old American expression, uh, we need to be able to show that we can walk and chew gum at the same time, that we can meet our international commitments that protect our security and our interests at the same time we deal with domestic issues, whether it's the border or the budget or anything else. And, and, and frankly, I think the notion that, 
that uh, I've heard all my life um, people making the argument, well, why should we invest in the space program? Why should we invest in defense when we have so many problems here at home? The reality is a country as big and as wealthy and as uh, engaged in so many areas as the United States has to be able to do both. And I think the argument is that if you back away from Ukraine and, and demonstrate that the United States will not fulfill its commitments, that has profound consequences for our security and probably for our prosperity going forward. And on that note, what is your view of Ukraine's chances of a victory against Russia? The offensive, counteroffensive has clearly gone slower than the Ukrainians expected. The Russian defenses have been more sophisticated and, and deeper. I think, than had been expected. I think they are making slow progress. The question is, uh, and, the, and they say they will continue to fight through the winter, although that makes the use of heavy equipment much more difficult because of mud and so on. I think that the objective of the counteroffensive, at least initially, should be breaking through the Russian defenses and getting to the town of Melitopol that would break the Russian land bridge to Crimea and also give the Ukrainians access to the Sea of Azov. That might be the opportunity for some kind of a negotiation at that point, but, but I think that, that is still going to be a heavy lift for, for the counteroffensive because that's probably another 50 miles beyond where they are now. Uh, and and it's, been, it's been very tough going, but they have been making some progress.